Good to be with you guys this morning. Yeah, some arm circles, John. Yeah, let's get that going. Uh, obviously, we're pulling a bit of an audible uh, today. Ben was going to be preaching through Proverbs as we start the new year, uh, but obviously Ben is with his family this morning and um, and grieving, and uh, so we just continue to shower them with our our love and our and our prayers. Um, most of you have heard by now, but our our beloved uh, Miss Jan or or Gramsci, uh, passed away last night, um, and so we're we're mourning today. A lot of us are are sad, and she was a a wonderful a wonderful lady. Sorry, I'm going to get emotional talking about her. Um, and just an integral part of this community. It's it's funny. I was I was putting the rocks in the in the jar uh, this morning, and the last rock I put in there said Jim and Jan on it, and so it's at the top of the jar. So if you guys want, you know, go touch the rock or, or just think about her when you look at that. Um, so today's going to be hard, but but part of part of the healing process is grieving, and um, you know I think it's such a blessing that it happened last night and we can come together today to to grieve as a as a community uh, together. And you know that that means sharing stories about Miss Jan. It means praising God for for her life and you know I was thinking about it like many of you I think I think when I think about Miss Jan I think about her hugs you know I think we all think about her her hugs and I was like man what what do her hugs remind me of her hugs remind me of like a, a warm blanket on a cold night like it just very comforting right it just feels like home and so I'm gonna miss those I'm gonna miss her hugs um but you know what I was thinking this morning I'm I'm I, I celebrate the fact that I'm going to be able to hug Miss Jan again in eternal glory someday. Um, so she will be dearly missed. But we're we're praising God this morning that her faith has now become sight, right? So we're going to talk about that today. As I mentioned, we're pivoting off of Proverbs to talk about a passage that I think will help us grieve well together. And it, it's no coincidence that there's another passage that's been coming to mind lately. Providence Church, I think, preached on this a couple of weeks ago. Um, but it's this, it's this verse from James 4, and it says, come now, you who say, today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. And instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. And so, so here, here we are. And, and to some degree, you know, what are we, eight days into this year? To some degree, we've all made plans uh, for this new year. But this, this verse especially reminds us to hold, hold our plans loosely, knowing that, they can, knowing that they can change. And when they do, the key is to trust that, that, that God is in control, right? That the will of God. Trust that his plans are better than our plans. Trust that his, his ways are higher than our ways. And, and that's hard sometimes. And especially on days like today, right? When we're in the middle of, of suffering and pain and we're, and we're mourning. It's hard sometimes to trust, to trust those plans. But um, there's, there's, there's really no way to sugarcoat this church. We're in a difficult season right now. Several of our friends and family are sick, sad, mourning. Um, and as a body, as a family, we're in this, we're in this together and we're grieving together for these things. And I love this verse in first Corinthians 12. 
It says, for just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. So, so if you think about a body, when our foot hurts, or when our head hurts, or when our shoulder hurts, the whole body hurts. The whole body hurts, and we grieve together. So, so we come alongside each other in these triumphant seasons, uh, but we're also coming together in difficult seasons, and that's the beautiful part of being in Christian community, and, and something that I'm immensely grateful for every day. And as we walk through these difficult seasons of sadness and grief, we need to be reminded that we aren't alone, and, and community does that for us. But we also need to be reminded that we have this eternal hope. I love that we didn't plan this, but the Lugerings played Living Hope. I mean, that was just a God thing. But we have this eternal hope that transcends all hard things, all hard things in our life that will happen, including uh, terminal sickness, including up to death, right? It will cover all these hard things that we have in our life. Grieving is, is important, and it isn't wrong to grieve. Uh, it isn't wrong to grieve. And we saw that in Acts 8. We just studied the book of Acts. But uh, in Acts 8, it says, devout men buried Stephen, and they made great lamentation over him. Right? Stephen had just, he's the first martyr. Stephen had just been stoned to death, and his friends were grieving his loss. Uh, but as Christians, I want you to hear me say this. It is wrong to grieve without hope. It's wrong to grieve without hope. So today we're going to look at 1 Thessalonians 4 that tells us we don't need to grieve without hope. Um, and Ben actually preached on this in, the, in June of 2020, so about two and a half years ago. Um, so it was, it, was, it was great that he could send me that passage and, and some of his notes, and I've incorporated some of those here. Um, but let me read that passage over you. The, the Logerings read it, but I want to read it again. It says, but we do not want you to be uninformed brothers about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself would descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. So I want to give you just a really quick backdrop for this passage uh, today. Uh, the church at Thessalonica was a young church. They lacked detailed knowledge about what happens to Christians after they die. And so Paul, who's the writer of this book to the Thessalonians, he didn't have time to complete his training about that particular topic uh, because he was forced to leave. We saw this in Acts 17. He was forced out of the city. And so consequently, these Thessalonians, they didn't have an understanding to cope with some recent deaths that were happening in their community. And thus, they were responding with with what I would say is, is confused hopelessness, right? So people in their community are dying. They don't know what happens to them after they die because uh, Paul had not taught them that. And so they're, they're confused and they're hopeless. And so uh, I say that because what I want us to do is put ourselves in that place of confused hopelessness, okay? So this is gonna seem like a weird thing to do. So just bear with me, but 
if you would just close your eyes and think about the end of your life. I know this is going to be awkward, um, but close your eyes. Think about the end of your life, but with a twist. Take the hope of Jesus Christ uh, that we all as Christians believe. Take that out. Take that out of the equation. Close your eyes. Think about the end of your life. Take out God. Take out the hope of Christ. And again, this might be hard to do, but please try to do that. Get, just do that for a few seconds. Okay, so we're going to go off script a, a little bit more. We usually don't do audience participation at these things, but what are some of the feelings that you guys felt as you quietly thought about that? Scared. Hopeless. What else? Anybody else? Empty. Yeah. Yeah, empty. Uh, yeah, anxious, scared, nervous. Unsure, hopeless, yeah. Um, a friend of ours that, that doesn't know Jesus was asked just the other day what would happen when they died. And our friend said they weren't exactly sure, but, but pictured it to be peacefully floating around in endless blackness. That was, the, that was the response. Peacefully floating around in endless blackness. You may have come up with something similar. Uh, during this exercise, or maybe maybe you envision hell and eternal separation from from God that we that we see in the Bible. Um, but most 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 of you probably pictured something that wasn't very hopeful, um, kind of made you feel uneasy inside. Um, we're going to do the flip of that exercise now. So close your eyes again. Think about the end of your life, and this time, insert Jesus insert the hope we have as Christians. And as you guys are doing that, closing your eyes and thinking about that, I'm going to read Revelation 21 over you. Okay, so close your eyes and think about the end of your life with, uh, with Jesus. And I'm going to read Revelation 21. It says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more, and I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give from the spring of water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage. And I will be as God, and he will be my son. So what? how about this time? What are some of the feelings that you had this time as you closed your eyes and thought about, thought about the end of your life? Joy, happiness and hope, 
Excitement. Excitement. I love that one. Peace. Yeah. Peace, right? It's 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 pretty um it's pretty convicting exercise to do, honestly. Um and in doing the first part, we see the harsh reality that that without God, death leads to a hopelessness and a despair. But in doing the second part of that exercise, we see God's promise of eternal life leads to hope even in the midst of earthly grief and sadness. And as Ben pointed out in his prior sermon, our hope is found in Christ alone, and our hope is focused on Christ alone. So our hope is found in Christ alone. We we read this in verses 13 and 14. It said, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. So, so through Jesus, we have hope that we will be reunited with God in the life to come. And for those that trust in Christ, God has this plan for us to be resurrected with him in eternity. And that's the basis for our hope. And our hope is focused on the person of Christ. We read this in verses 15 through 17. It says, for this, we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord of the air, in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. So, so here we see that the hope is focused on Christ's return. And way back in Acts 1, if you guys rewind the tape almost a year ago now at this point, we saw Jesus ascending into heaven, and then the angels come up and they tell the apostles they say men of galilee why do you stand looking into heaven this jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come the same way you saw him go into heaven so as believers we have hope that jesus will return bodily to usher in a new heaven and a new earth and as the, as we grieve to like today as we grieve the loss of loved ones we have hope that christ will resurrect those that have died in him again remember the backdrop of this the church at thessalonica they didn't have a great understanding of what happens when when they died and they were probably worried about themselves and the people that had recently uh, passed away and so paul assures them and us in this letter that all who believe in christ whether living or dead will participate in all the glories of christ's return and to be clear when we rise with Christ at his second coming, our physical bodies will be raised, but they will be glorified. Our physical bodies will be raised, but they will be glorified, meaning they will be free from sickness. They will be free from death. They will be free from sin. They will be free from allergies. Uh, praise God for that. Um, and, and, and finally, those that are still living when Christ's return will be taken up or raptured uh, with the deceased Christians and Christ in the clouds, as we saw in verse 17. The bottom line in all of this, and there's a lot of eschatology that could be broken down about the timing of some of these things, but I won't get into that today. But uh, the, the bottom line is this, all Christians, all who have put their faith and trust in Christ will, will be together with him in eternity, period. Um, and that's something to be hopeful for and hold on to when we experience pain and suffering. So friends, we will temporarily lose people that we love 
to, to death. Um, we've been in a season of, of mourning the loss of close loved ones or walking through sickness uh, that reminds us all that death is inevitable, right? And that's a harsh reality of living in a fallen sinful world. Um, and it's painful and it's hard and it causes tremendous grief. But Jesus, but Jesus, the whole point of that exercise that we did, thank God for Jesus and the hope that we have in the midst of unthinkable sadness. We do not grieve without hope. And for that, I am so thankful. And one of the greatest gifts we can give someone is the certainty that we will continue to be with them for eternity. It's one of the greatest gifts we can give them. And that brings a comfort in the midst of uncertainty and doubt. And finally, we see the application in verse 18. It says, therefore, encourage one another with these words. That's what we're doing today, friends. We're encouraging each other with these words. Um, as we all walk through these hard days, whether now or, or sometime in the future, we can comfort each other with these words, remind each other of this truth from this passage today, preach to ourselves so we don't lose hope when we are crippled with anxiety or discouragement or despair. And we're called to have an urgency to share this gospel, this gospel, this good news with those that are far from God. So they can experience a hope that covers all grief, that covers all sadness, and look forward to all the glories of an eternal life with our loving Father. When Ben preached this uh, a couple of years ago, he closed the sermon with a verse from the song In Christ Alone. So I thought it was just appropriate to read those lyrics one more time. Uh, it says, no guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home. Here in the power of Christ, I stand. So friends, take heart, take heart today. We do not grieve without hope, but with an eternal hope. As Jesus told his friends, when he was talking about leaving him, he said this, I have said these things to you that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world.